I want to go to this issue now of terrorism and the fallout from last week's attack in Melbourne, that horrific attack. Then the fact that the Prime Minister, who I'll just play a grab from you in a moment, uh, you heard him last weekend speaking very strongly and factually, calling a spade a spade, about how this was very much an attack of Islamist terrorism and we had to deal with it. I think that's an excuse. This, this bloke, radicalised here in Australia with extreme Islam, took a knife and cut down a fellow Australian in Burke Street. I mean, I'm not going to make excuses for that. Absolutely, but uh, Prime Minister Scott Morrison was criticised by many people, including some Muslim leaders, saying that it was his problem, his fault, and that he shouldn't be pointing the finger at Muslim leaders and asking them to do more to stamp out radicalisation. I wanted to talk to Jamal Riffey about this this week because he's a very sensible and courageous leader in the Lebanese Muslim community in Sydney. He's formerly been the Australian Newspapers Australian of the Year. He's been involved in so many good causes and so much work for the community. And he's able to confront these issues, especially when it comes to combating radicalisation in our suburbs. He joins me on the line now. Thanks for speaking with me, Jamal. Thanks to you, Chris. Look, this always gets very sensitive. Uh, it's very difficult for any community to deal with uh, this problem. But you believe that the Prime Minister is right in calling out in very straightforward terms that this is Islamist terrorism. And while everybody's got, got to do their bit to combat it, of course that involves people in the Islamic community and Muslim leaders being on the lookout for extremist propaganda and radicalization in their midst. Chris, it's not just my view, but also the view of many of our community members. On Sunday, I was on a picnic. Someone just came in and he said the Prime Minister spoke very well and he was spot on. We formed some small focus group. They all actually reflected the fact that the, what the Prime Minister had said was a well-chosen words that reflected the present and clean threat that's facing us as a society and as a community. And I think also he chose his word very carefully. For him to call on the imam to do more, he did not mean, and I didn't understand it to me, that they're not doing what they could. But what he meant, and I believe we all can do more, and that's including our members of the community, our religious leaders, uh, individual in any society, police, agencies, and government. Because what happened in Melbourne last week, it, 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 it's a tragic, and it should not have happened. And if that person, the perpetrator, was inspired by IS, and if he had mental health issues, probably he was a victim and a killer at the same time a victim of such barbaric ideology, and he was ensnared by active online recruiters to radicalize him. But at the same time, he was left at the mercy of his mental illness, and he probably self-radicalized. Unfortunately, he died. We don't know what the whole story right now, but I believe things will come out. We already know that he was on bail. We already know that he had some uh, delusional ideas about people affecting him. But mental illness, it doesn't mean it can be an excuse for anyone to actually detract from the fact 
if his action was motivated by a radical ideology. Yeah, you talk an enormous amount of sense there, Jamal. And of course, uh, when you talk about calls for Muslim community leaders to do more, it is not a condemnation of what they've done. As you say, we've all got to play our part. But whenever we have a terror attack or a terror incident, it's self-evident that means we've all got to do more. Uh, And your initial remarks there about uh, how other people in the Muslim community agreed with you. It just makes common sense, doesn't it? Because so often it's other Muslims who are going to be the victims of terrorist attacks. To be honest, I know for a fact that the threat to Australia is coming through the Australian Muslims community. And the more we work within our community, because our boys and girls are being and have being targeted by this uh, online recruiters to get to Australia. And we have seen how the Islamic State have actually claimed that uh, last week's action it was inspired by them. So they are still active. They are targeting marginalized people in our community or mentally ill people in, co- in our community, brainwashing them, snare them with such an ideology to actually do such a horrible act. And anyone who had the motive, the intention, the planning, and the execution in order that is inspired or to advance a radical Islamist or any political or ideological ideas, then you need to actually call it as what it is, no sugar coating. No sugar coating at all. Call a spade a spade. Thanks very much for joining us, Jamal. All right, Chris, thank you. Can I just say one thing, Chris? Sure. Look, we do have a lot of help. We have actually a helpline, we have security hotline, and we have been promoting it in our community for anyone to see something is to call the security hotline 1-800-123-400. But also we have a referral helpline that people who have noticed that their sons or daughters, they're doing things that is outside of the ordinary or it may be actually showing sign of extremism, they can call the Step Together helpline, 1-800-875-204. And we need to promote these ones. So anyone who sees something, he can call one of these helpline and offline. Thanks very much, Jamal Rifi. That's fantastic. Uh, very common sense words there, talking about how people in the Muslim communities are being targeted, but targeted by extremists, recruiters, and the like. And we've got to call a spade a spade there. That number for people who might be concerned about anybody being radicalised: one eight hundred eight seven five two zero four.